Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is up? Welcome back to Talking to Nobody. I'm Zane Talkington, and if you're just now tuning in, Talking to Nobody is a place where dreamers like myself can share their stories of pain, passion, and perseverance, all in hopes to inspire others to go after their own dreams and understand the importance of taking care of their mental health along the way. And I just want to emphasize that this is not a show just for actors. This is a show for people from all walks of life, with different types of passions. Anyone with a story to share that they believe could help someone else. On today's episode, I will be interviewing Jordan Iacovella. I practiced how to say that all day. <laughs> he is an actor, musician, and just an all-around nice dude with a passion for storytelling. We talk about his love for music, people, and how he came to the realization that you do not have to limit yourself to one passion, skill, or career, but that you should allow yourself to utilize each and every one of your abilities and enjoy the journey, not just rush through it. Please enjoy episode two of Talking to Nobody. Talking to nobody. So you want to be somebody. Yacovella. Did I do it? I said it right. Yes, I've been practicing literally all day. (laughs) I sounds like a Y. Yeah, when you said I sounds like a Y, that was a game changer. It's it's phonetic. For sure. After that, it's just phonetic. So why is it an I? What what are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am half French Canadian, half Italian. My dad's the Italian one. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's from southern Italy. Southern Italy. Province, province of, I think it's Bari. Okay. B-A-R-I. Ooh, mm. very cool. Okay, I'm just proud of myself for yeah, saying. Yeah, you crushed it. So, yes, today we are here with Jordan Iacovella, <laughs> and we're going to have some fun. And just to start out, like I said last time, we were starting a tradition on Talking to Nobody, where the guest gets to pick their favorite drink of all time, whatever it is. And we will drink it together. So, Jordan, what drink did you pick today? Mid-sip right now. Big-ass jug of orange juice. Jug of orange juice. Those were his exact words. So, I not only did I get his favorite orange juice, I also got big-ass jugs. (laughs) You can't see, but they are ridiculous-sized. Germany-like liter glasses. Good. God, yeah. Yep, so we're getting our vitamin D in there. It's it's very refreshing. Good choice. Vitamin D or Good vitamin choice. C? Or C? Is it C or D? It's C. It's C. I've been saying D. But Everything. you know what? Any I'm vitamin. Sure there's some there's, vitamin D in there. Yeah, whatever it is. We're getting it in there. Oh, so good. So refreshing. And we have to finish the entire jug before the end of the show. Oh, yeah. That's the deal. So, 
that's what he picked. Now we're moving on to his zodiac sign comparison. So when is your birthday, Jordan? I'm March 7th. March 7th. So that makes you a Pisces. Yes. Yes. So some of the positive traits that it listed on this unknown website. I used a different unknown website this time. So I'm going to try to change it up. Um, Yes, it says that you're very romantic. Mm. Would you say that's correct? If I had a, a GF, I'm sure she could attest to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'd say so. I'm. I think I'm romantic by nature too. I, I tend to like just romanticize with, everything. Yeah. Okay, so not just with women, but with like life. Just in general, yeah. I'm yeah. Just like, like sometimes I'll just look at something on the street and be like, "Wow, that's beautiful." Like it's like so. Like look at every do. detail. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Or like a, I'll see like a little kid and I'll be like, "I really hope they just get everything they want in life." Wow. Hope they live like a. So, and you're not on drugs when you think these thoughts. No, this is like no. sober. It only gets worse when I'm wow. high. Yeah. That's amazing. When I'm smoking. So that is on point. It also says you're helpful, wise, comforting. Yes, all these things. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. to say so. Um, and imaginative. I would say that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know you too well, but you're a very creative so. yeah. guy. And with the romanticizing everything, that takes imagination. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Cool. So this unknown website was pretty on point. Pretty accurate. With yeah, they kind of know me. Woo, wait, that's kind of creepy. And then the negative traits include gullible, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, self-pitying, out yeah. of touch with reality. That kind of goes with the romanticizing thing, though. That's okay. not necessarily bad. Yeah, he's just going to keep drinking oh, his orange yeah. juice. Self-destructive and <laughs> clingy. <laughs> I used to be very clingy. Okay. Like as a, uh, God help my first girlfriend, she, uh, if I, <laughs> if I didn't get a text back within like five minutes, I would send like three more texts and oh, three no. more texts. It was like, it was like, hello, like hello. really bad. Wow. Yeah. Do you think you're still like that, or you've improved? No, yeah. I'm, I'm, a responsive texter, but I'm not like clingy. That's that's in the past. But I, that's I learned good. I learned from my mistakes, like you should, like yeah. you should in any relationship. Definitely. Well, that's good because that's what girls like. <laughs> girls like not super right away, but like give yeah. it a couple seconds. But they do respond because if you don't respond, then the girls will be the one to freak out and mm. not just be like, oh, maybe he's just peeing or busy. Right. They'll freak out. Mm-hmm. Take it from someone who's done that. <laughs> Moving on. It says your secret... This is all like all about love and romance. It says mm-hmm. your secret wish is to find unconditional love. Would wow. you say that's true? I'd say it's a, a one wish of mine. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Wow. This yeah. unknown website is just, just killing seeing, it. Yeah, just really yes. painting in a kind of a pretty good light, I feel right? like. And then it says your lucky number. Well, first, what is your lucky number? Um, when I played soccer, I was always number 13. That is very interesting. So, lucky numbers include 3. Mm-hmm. So, 3 is in 13. 7, 12, mm-hmm. 16, 21, 25, 30, and it goes on. And basically, all of these numbers either equal 7 or 3. So, that, that's kind of cool. Interesting. But then your numbers 3, 5, 7, 6, 12. Well, birthday, yeah. my birthday is March 7th, so. That's true. And 7 is my lucky number. in the year 1997. So. Uh, so, maybe that's that's yeah. something. I mean, and this is just all for fun, just to, just to no, compare. No, it's real. It, it yeah, it's to, it's totally real. These horoscopes are a hundred percent, hundred percent from all these unknown websites, like yeah. completely true. 
And then the famous Pisces personalities. This one was fun for me because mm -hmm. I found a lot of them. So Albert Einstein. Whoa. That's kind of cool. Hell yeah, yeah that <laughs> make, makes you feel like a badass. Yeah, that guy's smart. I'm so freaking smart. Yeah. Rihanna, Justin Bieber, okay. Adam Levine. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Adam fan, so that that's good. Yeah. George Washington. Okay. That's huge. Kesha. Steve Jobs. Oh, wow. wow. So a lot of smart people and a lot of creative and talented people. That's what I'm noticing. That's Andrew awesome. Jackson, Victor Hugo. Victor, wow. wow. That's wow. huge. He wrote Les Mis. I love Les Mis. Yeah, I was in Les Mis. No way. Mm -hmm. Who were you? I was many things because okay. uh, I remember they didn't have enough guys, mm. so they... They had, had they had all their leads cast, but I was like, I was the foreman. Was like, I might have known that bitch could bite. I might have known the cat had claws. Might have guessed. No okay. secrets. Uh, and then I was also like a prisoner. I was a robber. I was one of the ABC boys. I think it, uh, the name was a uh, Comfer. Okay, you sing um, like Red the Think maybe one of those guys. Yes. It, okay. I definitely at like uh, at the tables. Yes. When they're okay. all like meeting and going over the maps and shit. Okay. I was one of those guys. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of fun. One of the revolutionaries. Yeah. Cool. It was amazing. No, I, I, it actually like was pretty important in, in that I found, I think, uh, my singing voice. Really? Because it, it was when I moved to Georgia. Uh, so it happened kind of after my sophomore year I did in the summer like I did that production of Les Mis and the, that like kind of four or five months before like in January through May I was taking chorus for the first time mm -hmm. I'd never really sang before in my life wow and found my voice a little bit but then doing Les Mis you know you have to belt these things and it's, yes. you know it's musical theater mm -hmm. did you have mics or no uh yes we had mics okay that helps a little bit but still uh but no I mean like I was a bass if you can't tell by yes. the, the timbre of my voice, it's very simple stuff when you're a bass generally. So, mm -hmm. And I was just learning how to sing, so my range was very maybe small. an octave. Okay. And then doing Les Mis in that summer. And that's a just, hard show to sing. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that was really... And that kind of inspired thing. you to take singing more seriously? You got more interested in it? It taught me that... Uh, that I could sing, which I think was very important. Empowering. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gave me more confidence going into the next years of high school where I did more musicals and. We're usually was... the lead, the lead guy. I see that. Yeah. Like the Zac <laughs> yeah. Efron guy. Yeah, we we didn't do High School Musical. We did okay. like I think we did a, actually in a, in the musicals I was only a lead once. Uh, I was Billy Flynn in Chicago. Oh yes, I love Chicago. Yeah, it's great. That's amazing. That's an amazing musical. And then we did the wedding singer my senior year. But I was I was Glenn Gulia. But that was like my dream role. I like I wanted that because I right. love all about the green. Oh, I was just about to say all about the green. I was in a production of the wedding singer at my college in New York, yeah. and I was Grandma Rosie. Yes, of course you were. Yes. Oh my God, you are a perfect Rosie. Thank oh you, thank you. So that's where I developed my grandma voice. Not that yes. the grandma on this show is <laughs> me. It's totally my real yeah. grandma. She just resembles you. Exactly. So that's so crazy. All About the Green was my favorite dance number because yeah. I doubled as an ensemble member as well and I got to do the dance that song. It was amazing. Yes. So cool. Well, I'm so glad that I put in Victor Hugo because mm -hmm. that was that was so cool to hear. Also, yeah. Dr. Seuss Let's go. is a Pisces. 
He's amazing. I mean, that's my guy right the there. Grinch. That's my jam. Henrik Ibsen. Okay. Who wrote Hedda Gobbler? Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. a lot of Ibsen in mm-hmm. uh, at the Academy. Doll's house, yeah. Doll's house, yes. So yeah. So Jordan, moving on to where you're from. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Okay. Uh, I was born like straight up in the heart of the city. I was born in uh, downtown, at the. Uh, I don't remember. My mom always said the name of the hospital, but. Downtown Montreal, and then when I was four, my dad got like a promotion or something, and then moved us to Virginia. So I lived there for like eleven years, mm. until I was like fifteen, and then middle of my the middle of my sophomore year, we moved to Georgia. Oh wow! Like in the um, middle of high school, yeah, that must have been yeah. difficult. And I was a pretty like shyer kid. I was just starting to like really kind of I think come into my own, and then we had to move. And I remember me and my brother just gave my dad hell. Uh, mm. <laughs> I've since apologized to him because it, I mean, we were real shitheads to him sometimes. So well, you're in high school. Yeah. You're in that shithead phase. That you happens. know, yeah. but it ended up, moving to Georgia ended up being the most amazing thing because I think when I moved there, I really, truly, like, grew into the me that I am now. Mm. Obviously, I think going to the academy helped too, but, but now I've lived in L.A. for three years now. Wow. Yeah. So, did you graduate straight from high school and come out to L.A.? Yeah, I was a a little baby boy out here in the city. Little baby. I was 18 years old. That's scary for an 18-year-old, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I had a, you know, you have to, you do a lot of growing when you're out on your own, I think, for the first time. Definitely. My mom was one of those amazing mothers who, you know, did a lot of things for me, pretty much everything, so... I had to learn how to cook, I had to learn how to do my own laundry, all kind of on the fly while doing this kind of intensive acting conservatory. It was a lot. I remember (laughs) uh, the first time I ever tried to cook sausage. I don't know if you know this, but Hmm. you generally want to thaw meat before uh, you cook it. Okay. I didn't know that. And so I... I did, but I'm not judging you. I straight up placed a a block of sausage, basically, on a frying pan. It smoked up, naturally, smoked up the whole apartment. My roommate, Jacob, who was like 24, was like, like opened his door and was like, is everything okay? And I was like, um, am I doing this right? (laughs) And then he looked and he was like, no, you should probably thaw that before. And I was like, oh, you have to do that? He's like, yeah. Damn. I was like, damn. So I got you s- learned the hard but way. But hey, hey, now I can cook sausage, no problem. I you bet know, you can. Just put it in the freezer bet. overnight and then... Yep, there you yeah. go. That, yeah. I mean, that is that is one of the things you have to learn how to do when you're on your own. I mean, especially in L.A. because food is so expensive out here that if you eat out every day, like, that's yeah. just... You yeah. can't do that, so you, you gotta have to learn like, how to cook. Also, I try to strategize, too, like, mm. I try to buy things that ne- that I know if I buy this one item, this one item is going to make me like a four bunch or of meals. five dinners. Yeah. Definitely. That's that's so smart. We try to yeah. do that too. And I mean, I try to eat healthy, but sometimes it, it's hard to get a lot of meals out of Absolutely, yeah. healthy, fresh food. You know, mm-hmm. vegetables go bad. So, so yes, you moved out to LA mm-hmm. and were your parents supportive of that? Was that difficult for them to allow you to take that big leap oh my gosh um first of all my parents are the most unbelievable human beings on the planet earth they are like 
fucking sweet angel babies sent from heaven. They are just I mean, incredible people. Your parents are people. babies. That's I would, <laughs> yeah, we can't, that's, that's for another episode. We'll, we'll yes. get into the logistics of that. But they've always been so supportive. I've been doing like plays and stuff since I was in seventh grade. And so they knew it was coming, almost. Not necessarily. I think uh, my mom was always like my biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Is my biggest fan. Shout out, Ma. I yeah. love you. So she was always just like blindly like, you're the best at everything. You can do anything <laughs> you set your mind to. My dad is more of like a kind of a logical guy. So he was always like, well, you know, you you know, if you want to do this, just make sure you have a backup plan. And but then I think he saw me in a play my senior year, mm. and I ended up winning like the. We went to like competition and we won like the regional. Oh wow! We went on, moved on to state competition. I won the best actor at that that region competition. So then that started to, I think, kind of shift his perspective. Then I got into the academy, mm-hmm. and that I think was when he was like, he, wow. he realized like, oh, oh yeah, maybe my maybe my son can do this, and he kind of and he's serious about it. Yeah, he d- kind of ditched the whole backup plan stuff that he would say. Well, good. Yeah, that that's so awesome. I think having supportive parents is such a blessing because this is such a scary decision to make because it's not something you can just go and do overnight it Mm. takes time so no it's it it requires i mean it certainly helps i know that knowing that my parents have my back or knowing that like i just have their love there and their support there is such a great fallback even when i'm feeling low i know that like they got me. You know? They can pick you back up. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think the biggest struggle was for you when you moved out here, besides cooking? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what do you think you've learned from living in L.A.? Ooh, that's a good-ass question. Hell yeah. What have I learned? That it takes work and patience and self-love. I think self-love is really really important uh i think in general you need to practice loving the parts of you that you think aren't so great Mm. i find that it's it helps when you're facing a career in which you will be rejected it's like a fact that you will be yes um and so it helps when you love yourself because it's almost like this nice warm shield you have against the nose and the rejection. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing I've learned in LA by being out here and experiencing it as a, as a city is that I don't think it's as shallow as people think it is. I, I truly don't. And in, in, at least in my experience in the people that I've met, cause a lot of people here what drew me to the city in general, why I love this place so much, is because it's filled with people like us, who are people that love what we do. Yes. And I think... Passionate, creative people. I think being bonded, there's like a certain... I mean, LA is definitely not the most aesthetically pleasing city. Definitely not. Uh, but what it lacks in aesthetics, I find it makes up for in the energy, just the general energy that you feel when you're going about town you know that everyone here is going after the same thing as you and if you look at if you look at it not as a competition thing but as a we're all in this together thing i think you'll benefit definitely and yeah in my experience most of the people i've met here in la have been so warm and welcoming and genuine and 
yeah that that was one thing that I learned from being out here for like three years now it's like yeah we're all in the same boat almost because there are shallow there I mean there are shallow people everywhere there are bad people everywhere but because it's such a transient city I feel like there's lots of transplants that come here from other places you you don't I, I haven't encountered much fakeness or whatever it is that yeah. People say LA or perceive LA as. It's very people. minimal. I've noticed. I've noticed it's more people like us, people who are out there hustling, working their asses yeah. off, and they they have a dream, and they're just trying to trying to yeah. make it through the day. Yeah. Whether it's you know what can I cook myself for dinner? What can I afford to buy myself? You know how am I gonna pay to do my fucking laundry? You know <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. to get quarters again. You know like just the little struggles. Not that I mean they're many more issues than laundry but no i mean it it's kind of a hassle to be out here and mm-hmm. it is it's nice to know that there are other people out there struggling as well but they're doing the best they can to remain positive despite those struggles you're not alone like the yes. people the people that we admire the people that we look we go we look at them in movies and go wow like you know we view them like they're some it's like some like a god yeah upper, mm-hmm. they're on like some pedestal they're yeah. not they're just us but they've been hired. Yes, exactly. Multiple times. That's a good way to put it. And once you view it as that, I mean, obviously there's some exceptions. Some people are born into the into a family that's like already an acting the family. The Disney or, Channel stars. Right, 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 right. right. Yes. That, those are exceptions, and those people are fantastic and deserve love too. But like, the majority of them are, we're just us. We're the you know, the nobodies. People who lived on Las Palmas. Yeah. As well. Exactly. Thanks for saying. Shitty apartments. Oh gosh. I mean, they Las would have Palmas known unless I said anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't live here. But yeah, no, you're right, and I I think that's such a great way to look at it because you have to be kind to people, and if you're going around like hating everybody all the time, then that that's not going to help you, and that's not yeah. going to help them. You have to. Find that sense of community. And you never know. You never know. Who you're going to encounter or who you who you encounter, who they become yes. later on. And if you maintain, uh, if people just generally, you don't even have to like be maintain a friendship because you want to be hired by them later. Just right. be nice to everyone. Be kind. And I think the universe will reward you in that way. Yes. Good karma. Somehow. Yeah. What you put out, you get back. Absolutely. Yes. The law of attraction is real. It's real, gang. yo. It's real. Get it really with is. it. That's that's amazing. I think that's such a positive way to look at things. So you are an actor. Yes. Like you mentioned, you went to the academy, but you also are a musician. Yes. And you sing. You play guitar. Mm-hmm. What other instruments do you play? Um. Well, none. But. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, playing guitar, that's pretty impressive. I, I can't you. play anything except the freaking bazooka. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, yeah, guitar is my main, and uh, acoustic guitar. I, I don't own an electric yet. yet. I want to get, that's my next big purchase is an electric guitar. Um, play some ukulele. Um, ukulele is a great starting instrument for people who want to learn string instruments i feel like okay because chord shapes are chord shapes yeah they're little the chord shapes are generally simpler because there's only four strings instead of six and so on and so forth but i've been dabbling in some piano and um (laughs) i was back home in georgia filming something and i went over to my buddy's house and he has a drum set and i was just fucking around on it and because i i don't 
natural rhythm. I, I learned to finger pick before I could strum a guitar. Okay. Which is generally not how it works. But I didn't have like natural rhythm. I had to teach myself how to strum. It took me longer to do that than finger picking. So stuff. you're self-taught mostly? I am completely self-taught. I've never taken a guitar lesson in my life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it, thank you. It took, <laughs> no, that, that's I was an accomplishment. Bad for, I was bad for a while. Yeah, I for a year I only knew D major. I knew one chord for a whole year. I don't even know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but he was like, no, it's no, it's easy, dude. Just, and then he taught me like this kind of basic four four pattern, and all of a sudden I was playing drums and I was freaking out because I was like, I drums are like the coolest instrument. Like it's always been so beyond me how drummers do what they do. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I, I think. But yeah, he, he was explaining to me what we were talking about was like, generally, when you're good at one instrument, you can like branch out to other instruments easier than it would be with someone who's a non-instrument player. Right. Like if you're good at piano, if you've been playing piano for a while, you could probably pick up a guitar and know generally pretty well, if someone were to show you chords, how to like kind of get the hang of it quickly. Okay. I found that to start happening when I, because I thought drums were just something I could, I could never touch. And then all of a sudden it, it I found it like, yeah, it was, it was there. That's but if I had picked crazy. up, cause I started playing guitar five years ago, if I had picked up drumsticks and tried to do that, it would never have happened. It would have just sounded. So you don't think that people need to limit themselves to one instrument? You think? Absolutely not. No, no, no. That's like, so good. That's what's beautiful. It's like playing the guitar opened up the world of music to me. Wow. Yeah. And what I, another thing that I, this is kind of a tangent, I guess. Another thing I really loved, I was watching this tutorial of this song. And this woman was saying that what's so special about an instrument is that inside of that instrument is every song you'll ever create. Whoa. Right? That's deep. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I try to look at it like that, too, romanticizing it. But, like. Yes. Oh, that's you. Pisces. But, like, yeah, I, I think that's so true. I. Every time I pick up an instrument, it, I get excited because I'm like, oh, like, I have no idea what I'm going to create with this thing. But it knows already. It knows. You know? Yeah. So cool. Did you specifically move out here for acting or was pursuing music also a part of your plan? No, it was long? never a part of my plan. Like, I got out, I went out here to be an actor and I was playing guitar for, I think, two years at that point. Hmm. But I bought a guitar for the first time, like my own guitar. I bought it when I moved to LA within like the first three months okay. with like my own money. And that kind of started me because then I had a guitar to be there like with me every day. And I was just playing every day and I got a lot better because I was playing every single day. But it was only this year that I found it. It was just a hobby for me. My buddy Boris, um, trying to shout out, shouts out to Boris. I love you, big boy. Boris, I um, love you. He's so very talented. He wrote and uh, directed this little short film called No Surprises. And instead of, he initially wanted like a Radiohead song uh, to be in the credits, but it was, a, that was a lot of money to get the rights to a Radiohead song. So he knew I played guitar and he's like, hey, if you want to write a song for it? And I was like, yeah. Sure, so he I'll gave you your it. first opportunity. Yeah, and I, I had no, I, I had never really, like, I'd, I'd, I'd always had ideas of, like, my own, like, original, I'd, you know, do 
chord progressions or things on the guitar that were, were you know, my own stuff. But I would always stop myself because I'd say, either one, uh, oh, well, this is shit because it doesn't sound as good as like what I love to listen to. Or two, I would say, oh, I'm an actress, so I can't do music too. Mm. I would put blocks on so myself. You're limiting and then, yourself. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it was like the clouds like cleared, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're so allowed to do whatever you want. Do it all. You can do whatever you want. And as soon as I realized that, it like came to me as like kind of an epiphany, even though it should already be known that you can do whatever you want. Uh, the the whole world opened up. I, I made that song, and he really loved it. And the people, other people that I showed it to, really loved it too. And I started to think, oh, well, like, oh, maybe, maybe I do have like an ability for it. Oh, maybe definitely, um, <laughs> you you totally do. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, and then and then yeah, well now now I'm here. Now you're here. Now and I can say I'm an actor musician. You're you. You're a storyteller. You do it all. And, I mean, that's what you even mentioned to me before, right? You you just want to tell stories in any way you can, yeah. whether it's through acting, music. Yeah. Why? Why do you want to do this? Does it... Is it for you, or... I mean, it's, it's always for you, but it's is it mostly because of other people? I think it's... Obviously, we wouldn't do it if we didn't, we didn't, we didn't enjoy it. Exactly. Right? So there's always going to be some sort of pleasure that I derive from just being in, being a storyteller. But um, I, I love it because I love the way other works of art have made me feel, the way stories make me feel. I remember watching Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, first one. So and good. It was the, it's like the first memory that I have of being in a movie theater. And I don't really remember seeing the film. I remember it from later viewings, obviously, because that movie's a banger. Uh, everyone should watch it yes. multiple times, all the time. I remember the like the fire that it lighted in my stomach after seeing it. I was like six, but I remember the movie left me with like this this I, I can't describe it other than just it was like a fire in my stomach. And and I remember other movies did that for me too, like School of Rock, Austin Powers, Ace Ventura, all these like movies that were introduced to me either by my parents or m me and my friends or just seeing it on in the theaters when I got the when I realized that that was like a I could do that for other people there was no other job for me I was talking about my dad wanted me to have a backup plan I never had a backup plan really. no I, I think it was the not truly anyways yeah no I think when you it was one of the guys from it's always sunny uh Charlie I think his name Charlie was Day. he yeah he gave a commencement speech at his college and he said something that I will never forget. He said, your plan B will muddy up your plan A. Goosebumps. A yeah. Same. And that's just yeah. so true. I mean, why, why? Why have a backup plan? Just just go for plan A and let that be the only option, mm -hmm. even if it takes some time. I mean, I, I just think it's it's worth it to at least give it all you got. Yeah. You know, if you have that, like you said, that fire in your stomach, that gut feeling. The, I way, just, mo the, way, the way movies and music make me feel... Uh, I mean, like, I want to give that to other people. Yes. Because I love people so much. They're the best part of life. They're the best part of life. And I love people so much, and I get to be other people. That's amazing. Like, it colors my life so much. And then on top of that, I get to also affect other people with the stories that I'm telling. I mean, come on. That, that's, that's the best that's job. That's the shit right there. That's the shit. You're, you're helping people decide yeah. to 
to go on and, and find the joys in yeah. life and pick themselves back up again or or you're helping them to laugh and find the joy in bad times i mean it it delivers so many different types of medicine almost yeah. that's what i would call yeah. it you know Definitely. it's movies can be medicine for people absolutely so that's so that's so cool good for you for just saying fuck it i'm gonna go for it no matter what you got to that's has important. there ever been a time though that you've maybe doubted yourself or doubted your abilities oh absolutely all the time i feel like if you're an artist you tend to we all share like that sense of insecurity maybe that's why some of us seek validation through <laughs> yes <laughs> through you know the interaction to an audience and getting that but no that's a pessimistic way to look at it but of course mm. of course i you know the summer after i graduated school so uh, last summer the summer of 2017 i was living with an ex-girlfriend at the time and i was auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and obviously as the beast goes wasn't getting anything and submitting for even more things than I was getting auditions for so one night I remember she just asked me I think what's wrong and I just exploded mm. not in an angry way but just with tears all the pain that I that I think I had internalized all the anxiety of that just came pouring out and she was an angel for handling that with such grace and warmth and kindness but yeah I, I mean I, I it had me thinking all the rejection had me thinking about like where is this even what I want to do like I don't know what's it all mean <laughs> like, what's why am all I here for? what's my purpose yeah. yes you know, like, it, it was really kind of an emotional crisis at, at that point in my life I, I was you know thinking there maybe this wasn't for me if it's not happening immediately, why am I even doing it, right? And then I had to, like, really go, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And, you know, obviously I got all of that out. And then went, with that clarity that comes after, I think, weeping for a while, I was able to kind of look at it and go, okay, 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 hold on. The actors that I admire who are working as a professional actor, generally, you're going to be working, if you're, if you're really prolific, you're going to be working, like, two, three times a year, probably, on different projects, right? Two to four. And that's if you're really crushing it, mm -hmm. right? All these actors that we admire, they're all doing that, right? But realistically, that's only going to take up four or five months-ish of your time. Reg you know, not without exceptions, obviously, but, like, generally, mm -hmm. then you have, like, seven months of doing nothing nothing so i had to really kind of realize like oh no this is the rest of my life this is what it's going to be like now because before i had been acting year round for since i started like in seventh grade you know doing all the plays year round and doing plays in the summer and then going to school and doing the two years of acting every single day year round and then all of a sudden i was out getting an audition a week and not getting it mm -hmm. and then I think that was like the reaction I had was like, oh, I, you know, I'm shit or I, I'm not cut out for this. But no, I was. I just had to get used to the reality of like what it is actually like to be uh, an actor out here, an actor out anywhere, per, like trying to do it as a profession anyways. And Zane, as soon as I realized that, I swear to God, a week after I had that kind of epiphany, after crying it all out, 
a week later, the man who is now my manager emailed me. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So you manifested that almost. I mean, after you're you're so wise, Jordan. That that's, Thank you. And how old are you again? I'm 21. That's incredible for a 21 year old in LA who just moved from Georgia. You know, at <laughs> yeah. 18, did you just come to these realizations yourself, or was there someone there to kind of guide you? Was there a a book, a specific actor that you looked up to, or you just kind of had those I just romanticizing had to, moments where I you... had to take a step back mm-hmm. from what I was receiving day to day from the world, all the rejection and shit, and actually look at like the facts. Like I had to realize that like it's a very unique thing when you're in high school and acting in three shows a year year round always in rehearsals always and then performing and then on to the next show mm-hmm. it's not like that no the sooner you realize that the easier i think it becomes to handle like, the rejection yes and the routine of it all oh yeah okay yeah definitely that's great advice definitely uh i remember one of the years it was the year that i think brooklyn came out that movie brooklyn with uh Saoirse ronan and um where she played, like, an Irish immigrant that moved to New okay, York. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Tangent, beautiful film. Everyone should go watch that. Go watch it. I but, will. um, one of my favorite actors, Donald Gleeson, is in that. I think it was 2015. That year, he was in four movies that were nominated for Oscars. And he filmed them all, presumably, the year before. But I read that, like, he was only on Brooklyn for, like, a week. And then he did Star Wars. And then he did a couple other films. So really, he was only working truly for like two months total. Mm-hmm. He was on a set. Working, working. very hard, but right. yet yes. in a short amount of time. And as soon as I read that, I realized that. I actually just looked at like the trajectories of my favorite actors, what how they work and when and all that. I calmed down immediately. I was like, oh, like this is, like I said, the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You got to make peace with that. You do. And then you did. You did start to get some yeses, did you not? Yeah. You want to talk a little bit yeah. about a, a big yes that you've just recently got? Just recently? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I have had an agent in Georgia. I was very, very lucky. I got an agent in Georgia. My mom hustled it for me somehow. She like was like, yeah, my son's an actor. Um you should check them out. <laughs> Go something mom, and yes. got me a meeting and I I signed right before with them. I signed right before I went out to LA for school. And they were okay with that or you just Yeah, they were like didn't it. No, they were they they knew it. Um okay. so I did some auditions that summer. Um I booked like an ID Discovery Channel thing right and filmed that right before I <laughs> before I left for school and then just was kind of auditioning here and there when I could, sending self-tapes and stuff throughout my years at the academy. And then when I graduated, it kind of, we kind of ramped it up a little bit, auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. And then for another year, I was auditioning for these casting directors because there's a couple just really big ones. It's not like here in LA where there's tons and tons of them. Yes. There's really like two or three big main casting directors right now in, in Georgia or in the Southeast. That's nice. It makes you like a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, almost out here when you're because they because they know my face. Yes, that's the whole point. Is like, you know, they tell us at school, don't book the role, book the room. Yes. Show the casting directors like show off your ability, just your ability. 
That's all they need to know. So yeah, then just recently, like around, I think it was like late August, um, I got another audition from my agent and it was for this TV show called Brockmire, which uh, is on IFC. It stars Hank Azaria, who's done just so many iconic voices on The Simpsons for 30 years. Mo the bartender, uh, he did Apu, he does Comic Book Guy, he does Chief Wiggum. He's on Friends, right? He's also yes, he's also Phoebe's first boyfriend on Friends. Along uh, came Polly, he was yes. uh, Ruben, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that guy. He's the Pharaoh in Night at the Museum too. The my name is Kamun Ra, and I'm that the is him. I'm the Pharaoh that's going to destroy. Yeah, um, he's a ama- He's amazing. He's so good, but it's a show that he executive produces and stars in, and I got an audition to play younger version of him and now i was a bit apprehensive because i saw young jim and i was like because mm. i i didn't remember who hank azaria was at first i just read it in the breakdown because i had auditioned for like some other pretty cool projects before but all the main actors that i was playing younger versions of all had blue eyes and oh, i okay. very much do not have blue eyes no I you do not almost black eyes like they're dark 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 brown but I'd send in the tapes anyways. But this time, I looked up Hank Azaria. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, wait. Like He has brown eyes. Brown eyes, thick mm-hmm. eyebrows, kind of darker complexion. But still, like, you know, it, it fits because I'm Italian. He's, yeah. you know, that way too. It, it works. I see it. You you could be him. Younger right. him. And, and it so, worked. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got it. I, I remember my friend was in town. And the day I got the audition was his last day in town. And we were going to go to the beach have a nice dinner and everything and send him off but I got the audition and I was like I just had the feeling I was like I have to do this today and I was like dude I'm so sorry like he was like no 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 go go like for sure go and tape it and so I went went to Boris's place actually shout out Boris again for being my yes. self-tape angel um and we did the self-tape really quickly um and I was just like trying to get out of there because I wanted to go to the beach mm-hmm. I wanted to go and hang out with my friend but honestly, that benefited me because I wasn't like in my head about it. I was just doing it, and that's always better. I feel when you just go about your day and you know you get up and you're like, okay, I'll have breakfast, I'll do this, I'll do this, and then I'll go to the audition. Mm-hmm. But then I have to do this, something else. Yeah, when you just put it in as part of your day, it makes it less stressful. I Absolutely. feel and gets you out of your head. So Absolutely. That, so that's I was good. like, just kind of in the zone. I did it. And I remember looking at the tapes, I hated it. I thought it was so big and broad. I was like, oh my God, this is like some of the worst acting I've ever done. And then 10 days later, they they sent me the email and I freaked the fuck out. What did you do? Did you like scream? Did you oh, like yeah. in so, shock? So my agent texted me. She just said in all caps, it was like, check your email. And I thought, oh, I had gotten like another cool audition for like a show or something or a movie or something. But then I opened my email and nothing's in there. So I was like, hey, um, what's going on? And then she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I was just so excited. I forgot to like actually send you the email here. <laughs> now you jam, now check Something your email. Something I would do. Now check your email. And then I went in and it said um, that casting wanted to, you know, hire me as young Jim. And wow. I was, I think I literally went, uh, like I just like vocalized because I couldn't speak and I started crying and laughing at the same time. And then my, my roommate, Rick, and bet and very best friend shout out rick i love you bro he was sick and he was like about to take a nap but he like heard me like kind of crying and going like uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like what what's going on are you okay 
And then I was like, <laughs> and like showed him my phone because I couldn't talk. I was, I just showed him the email and he was he like read it and he was like, yo. And then like we were both like, ah! and they're like freaking out. And then I went and called my parents and told them about it. And did they cry? Did your mom cry? Oh, my mom cried. It was great. Yes. It was oh yeah. wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank that's you. huge. Thank you. Yeah. From I, little Jordan and Georgia all the way out here. I would have moments where like. You know, because you have to, you know, memorize your lines and stuff. I printed out the script, and there were moments where I would just be in my room going over lines, but then I'd, like, look at the front of the script, and it would say, like, Barack Meyer. And it'd be, like, property of, like, funny or die, incorporated, and I'd, I would just cry. Because, like, it was like, wasn't I just doing, like, my first play in middle school, and now, like, I'm on... You're just doing Les Mis. Like, I'm on... Mm. Now I'm going to be on... TV, act, TV, you know, playing the younger version of one of my acting heroes. Dreams come true. You know, like it just, it only affirmed for me that it is possible to do it. For so long, the idea of being an actor was like over there. And then all of a sudden it was right here in my lap in a binder and I was highlighting my lines, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, Were you Was it scary? Was it humbling? It made it less scary to know that, like, I didn't have to do the Brockmeyer voice. If any of you know Hank Azari's work, you know he's one of the greatest actors working right now, but also that he is fantastic at, like, altering his voice and doing voices and accents and everything. Uh, he's someone that I've modeled, you know, I model my, I would like to, my career to re even closely resemble his would be, like, fantastic. But on Brockmeyer, he does a very specific voice and I was like, oh shit, like, am I gonna have to like, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with accents. Like I, I, I love doing them and stuff and different voices, but, and I, I have a proficiency, I think with them. I can, I'm confident in that, but it's a really specific voice. And I was worried if I could even pull it off, but they were like, no, no, no. Like you don't have to do his voice exactly. Just capture the essence of what the character is and do a Southern accent. You'll be fine. So it was so a southern was like, accent. Okay. Yes, so that was like That's such perfect. a weight lifted off my my shoulders. No, but it was more like it was more overwhelming, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't too scared. I mean, you always want to do a good job and stuff, but the fact that I had gotten hired at all gave me the confidence. Whenever I would be feeling insecure, I'd be like, "Wait, hold the fuck on." They like, picked you. Were, you. You're yeah, meant to be here. There's a reason I'm here. Trust that and take solace in that. And I think that generally did the trick and allowed me to kind of be there and experience the whole thing. It was what an exciting experience. I look back on it, like the whole being on set, because it was my first SAG gig as well. I had done like a SAG new media thing, but this was like my first legitimate like SAG TV show or movie, you know? I look back on that whole thing the way you remember a dream. Like when I remember it, it feels like viscerally like, like a dream to me like it didn't really happen but it yeah like it did though but it which did is like crazy right crazy but a dream of yours came true that yeah. i don't i mean i don't even know what that feels like that's that's insane it's euphoria however way you want to you know explain that or picture that it's and imagine if you would have given up like the night that you mentioned you had a breakdown and yes. and doubted yourself if you had gone home if you had let that take away your 
passion mm-hmm. and drive for what you want. I mean, this might have never happened. I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Exactly. No. I mean, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my whole entire life. I, it was, like, just out of a fucking storybook. It was unbelievable. Well, it was well-deserved. Thank you. Is Thank there you. any advice you would give to someone who is like yourself and has a dream and the passion to make it happen, but who's just not quite there yet, who's in that phase where they are getting mostly no's? Mm. I think a really, really important thing, because there's, there's lots of advice you can give about, you know, just keep going and being patient and stuff. But I think another really important thing that I definitely put into practice and it has for sure benefited me personally is not having tunnel vision. And what I mean by that is acting is everything, but it's also not everything to me. At the end of the day, I just want it to be my job. I want what I love to do to be my job, but it is just a job. There's to pay your bills. There's mm-hmm. life beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know? I was watching an interview with an actor and he's well known because he famously grew up it's Billy Bob Thornton from Bad Santa among other things but um, he they asked him something along the lines of like how does it feel coming from where you were growing up kind of poor and now being who you are now and he said I wish I had enjoyed my 20s more Mm -hmm. I look back on that and I was so hyper focused on getting to where I wanted to be that I I didn't do anything else I didn't I didn't live Mm. Um, and I was like I don't want to be like that there's no even if my path takes it if that means I have to take a longer path and it's not direct so be it but I'm not going to lose sight of my life I'm going to I'm going to live a full life so that when I get to the because I know I'm going to get to where I want to be of course. But I want to be able to look back at the life I lived before that and know that I enjoyed every single second. With no So, like, that. yes, you should. My advice is, yes, you absolutely need to be driven, ambitious, patient, hardworking, but you should also enjoy your life, you know? Enjoy the journey. Absolutely savor the journey that's what makes it worth it Mm -hmm. that's these are the things that like your journey is what colors your life you know it makes it full and honestly the richer your life is the fuller your life is the richer and fuller your work will be and more compelling i feel i i love watching actors who i just know have a story you know who have experienced pain and obstacles in their life and but they're using it as their fuel they're using it in their work i feel like those are the most compelling performances yeah because they're real they're truthful i would rather see someone who's been trained and has been through struggles in their life deliver a performance than than someone who's just had you know a perfect life not that everybody has a perfect life but you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely so i think it's important also to yeah don't have tunnel vision folks Enjoy your life. Be content with where you've been, where you are, and where you're going at this all at the same time. And I think I think you'll be fine. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah there, there's no need to, to rush. Definitely 
don't be lazy and stay on track, but yes. stop and smell the roses, yes, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, we're, I mean, we're young. It, acting will always be there. Not that we should just put it on hold, but take time for yourself because when you don't, I think that's when your mental health starts to decline. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's, that's true? When you're, when you're too obsessed and focused on one thing that you forget to take care of yourself that's when it gets to a point where you where you can't take care of yourself right so what are what are some things that you do to help keep yourself grounded and maintain a positive mindset well definitely i mean for me music is something that keeps me grounded i play guitar every single day when i especially uh when i have anxiety uh i find that playing guitar for me it helps ground me and kind of can breathe and bring me bring me back down to earth and Mm -hmm. but i think also just consuming other art tends to ground me because again the facts are you're not going to be acting every day um so if that's the case you need to like at least it helps me to like kind of just activate that creative part of my brain every day, even if I'm not acting. So I'll read or I'll listen to music, like I listen to a new album that I've never listened to before all the way through. I will play guitar. I will write, you know, watch movies, watch TV, watch stand up, go see theater, mm-hmm. you know, just staying active creatively even if you're not specifically doing the thing that you you're wanting to do for a career mm-hmm. even if you're just create like actively using your gifts yeah yeah or consuming other people's gifts yeah staying inspired that kind of thing definitely i think it definitely helps it helps you maintain i think a, a positive mindset and, and you know again we were talking about the law of attraction if you're if you're putting positive energy out and this ties into what I was saying about being content with where you're at. If you're content with, like, you know that this is the reality, the things will, the universe will start to, like... Be on your side. Yeah. Look out for you. Yeah. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. I've literally highlighted, like, every single Every single line. It's, like, amazing. Yeah, no, same. And I've, like, flagged down my favorite page. I mean, yeah, the whole book yes. is covered with notes and amazing. highlighter. And there's one of the quotes in the book that just really put things in perspective for me was, when you really want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to uh, achieve it. Yes. That is in my bio on Facebook. Yes. That That just means so much to me because that that's what I believe. What you put out, you get back. And, and if you really do want something and you're doing your part, that's yeah. the thing. You can't just sit there and be like, right. I really want to be an actor. You can't just sit and wait for the universe to get, like, Give like it to sit you. on the couch and go. I'm right, putting positive you know. energy out. Why isn't Why isn't everything happening for me? Mm-hmm. The idea is like going about your day with a positive mindset brings more positive things into your life. You can't just be sitting around. You You do have to work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. You know, you have to have an ethic about you. But like, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad that we're. On the same page oh, yeah. there. The Alchemist is fire. That's yes. an amazing book. My favorite book of all time. 
Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the show today. Yeah, Are there any other projects that we can uh, look forward to seeing you in yes. coming up? Yes. So, obviously, Brockmire is... Yeah? When does that come out? Brockmire Season 3. Uh, I am in the second to last episode, the seventh out of eight. Um, we'll be airing probably sometime around the late spring, early summer. Okay. Um, on IFC, and it'll also... It'll later be streaming on Hulu as well. As well, this summer I was in a movie um, that we technically all three of us wrote it together. So my dear friends, Logan Austin, Amber Laird, uh, and I uh, made a movie called My Tinder with Andre. Like Tinder, like the app? Tinder, Tinder? like the dating app, yeah. Oh, okay. It's essentially, My Tinder with Andre is an 80s movie. It was made by Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory and directed by Louis Maul. And it's basically... Two guys at a dinner table having a conversation. Two old friends. That's the whole movie. Hmm. Two old friends who haven't seen each other in a while get together for dinner and talk about various things. That's it. Okay. So Logan had the brilliant idea of repurposing that, but instead of two old friends catching up over dinner, it's two complete strangers on a Tinder date. Okay. For the first time. So now you have conversation. Logan's an amazing writer. So is Amber. I contributed like five lines. They... Gave me a screenwriting. Hey, I mean, those they gave me a screenwriting count. credit, but I, they really, both of them, really did the more of the bulk of this of the dialogue. Um, Logan, especially, he wrote kind of the whole thing, and Amber did like, I think treatments on it and stuff. But, anyways, lots of incredible pieces of dialogue and set pieces in there. Um, I love, I love the script so, so, so much. On top of all that interesting conversation, you have it through the lens of like two people who really want to find a connection. Who are searching, longing for like unconditional a connection love. with something. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Nice, <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> Try to tie that in there. Um, cool. So yeah, that's that's gonna be hopefully doing a little festival run in the next couple months, and then it'll be out sometime next year. So exciting. Yeah, and then the other thing, the other other thing, um, is I have an album that is going to be coming out hopefully mid to late December. Um, we are in the final stages right now of making it. It is uh, an album called Things to Do in Montreal. I'm not going by myself. Uh, the artist's name is Prairies. And it's kind of a, a love letter to all the things I love about music, but filtered through me. All my favorite things about what music can do and just all my favorite things about music mm-hmm. are probably in that album. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. And I just started songwriting this year, so hopefully it's up to snuff. But I'm so fucking proud of it. Me and my producer Magnus and shouts out Magnus, you're the best. Magnus also made my theme song. Shout out. Yeah, shouts out to Magnus and Celia. Huge shout outs to them. They are amazing, amazing people and fantastic artists. They're gonna be on the show very soon. Yes. Yes. But yeah, Magnus helped produce he did everything. He was the recording engineer, he produced helped produce it. He has also mixed it with me, or I, he mixed it and I was just there. And then he's going to be mastering it as well. So we're both really, really proud of it. I would objectively listen to these songs, um, even if they weren't mine. So That means something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if for nothing else, I'm definitely proud of it. And I can't wait to like, because right now they're my babies, right? Mm-hmm. They're like my little song babies and like. <laughs> I've had them in me for so long and I've been listening to them for so long. But once they're released, it's going to be such a nice little weight off my shoulders because now they belong to everyone else in the world. And that's 
so nice. I can't wait for hopefully people to project their own experiences on the songs, you know, because mm-hmm. I wrote them from a specific place, but it could mean something else to someone else. Exactly. It's what it, the songs are, whatever you want them to mean to mm-hmm. you. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's such a great way to look at it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan. Well, of I can't course. wait to see Thank these you. things happen and come out. Me either. Definitely be a lookout on a lookout for um, these things that Jordan has mentioned. We're going to drop all the names of them, all the projects, in the link for this episode. And before we move on, we're adding a little segment called A Few of Jordan's Favorite Things. Ooh. These are a few of Jordan's favorite things. <laughs> favorite movie that inspires you. Go. Favorite movie. Oh, all time? All time. All time. Like your go-to. Ocean's Eleven, the remake, not the one with the Rat Pack, but the remake, 2001, directed by Steven Soderbergh, starring Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, George Clooney, Bernie Mac, Don Cheadle, and Julia Roberts. Like, literally incredible cast god tier cast it is the movie that made me want to do what i want to do wow the way it made me feel at the end it, it lit that fire in my stomach and do you is it one of the movies that you just you'll just throw on on repeat i love that movie yeah heist movies are the shit and that is the best one out there it, it's a good one i just watched it this year don't judge me that's fine no it's but fine. it was good it was no I, matter when you get into it it's i you know no judgment yes Awesome. Moving on. Dream role or type of movie you'd love to be in? Ooh, dream role, I think, would be... I don't have a specific one, mm. um, but something that scares the shit out of me. Okay. Uh, but Like a scary movie or just something no, that is very, no, like... something that's that makes me think, oh, shit, like, I am I car. even able to do this? Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but... A challenge. Yeah. Also... I think one of the one of the big Shakespeare roles would be really fun. You know, like which one? Hamlet. Oh yeah. It's just such such. I mean, it's no, iconic, but, but the, yeah. it means something to you. Yeah, Hamlet or Macbeth or any oh, of those guys. Macbeth. I mean, Lady Macbeth. That's a dream role. For me. Iago would be also be Ooh. hella hella fun. It's gonna happen. You're gonna yeah. do it. What's something you have to do every day? You mentioned you listen to an album a day. Yes. Is there a specific like routine? Like you have to drink a glass of orange juice every day, <laughs> or you have to. Um, no, this is actually the first time I've had orange juice in a while. Well, yeah. thank goodness you had a big old glass of it. I got like a it. year's worth. Oh my gosh, I still haven't jug. made a dent in mine. <laughs> you guys, Jordan has finished this. I, I didn't think he could do it. I need to get to work on mine. Oh, I could do that and probably yours mm. and the rest of the jug probably. I would probably, oh shit, she's chugging again. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck. <laughs> That's all I can do. I, you know, oh. You're good, you're good, you're good, Sam. you're good. That was um, good. Wait, what was the question? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, something you do every day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you like to listen to an entire album. Yes. Um, a day or like a to. week? I try to. I try my to. best to listen to an album a day. Okay. Yeah. Is there a specific album you would recommend for us to listen to this week? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Yes. I've got a couple. Okay. Awesome. Um, I like options. You should listen to 22 A Million by Bonnie Vare. Uh, he kind of departs from like a lot of the acoustic stuff that he's known for and kind of goes for this really dark electronic but still like his lyrics are still folky and very like hard to decipher it's it's it takes a few listens for me it took a few listens to really get it but and get into it but listening through it to it all the way through was fucking incredible um beautiful experience 
Also, you should listen to uh, the album Slow Dive by Slow Dive. Okay. Um, they are a great uh, little shoegaze rock band. Um, you should listen to, uh, if you're into post-hardcore music, uh, I have just been getting into uh, this band called Seder. Uh, their EP Neutrinos on Spotify right now. And everywhere else. Uh, you should also listen to, if you like harsh music as well, my brother plays in a technical, a progressive technical death metal band. I Sorry, Brandon, I hope I got that right. Um, <laughs> they're called Proliferation. Their album is called Woodborne. Uh, I was not a fan of death metal before I listened to it, and then it changed my life. Uh, it's so good. So fucking amazingly crafted. It's a nice wide range of music there. Yes. You gave us a lot of options. Yes, I tried to. I want to. I appreciate that. I try to also, I think it's important to listen to genres that scare you. Mm. Um, or that you have judgments about already, but, because I was that asshole who would listen to, like, my, when my brother was, my brother has been into death metal music for a long time, all sorts of metal, but specifically death metal, mm. and a lot of people think that it's screamo, it's technically not, it's a different, that's a whole different genre, but um, people hear the harsh vocals and they tend to just, I was that asshole who would, like, plug their ears and be like, eh, like, stop, when he would try to be showing me music. And then all of a sudden he started playing it and then he started making his own and I realized the stuff that actually goes into this music, it's the same way that we listen. Like I went and saw him live and a death metal concert is just like every other concert. Mm. They're experiencing catharsis through the music, just like we all do with our, with That's our what favorite music songs. Is, yes. If you say you don't like a certain genre of music, you should be saying it from a place of knowledge. Cause if I listen to an album, and I don't vibe with the music, then I can say that I've listened to it. When people are saying, when I say I don't like it, I'm speaking from a place of knowledge rather than, than ignorance. Yes. You know, that's, I think that's important. But yeah, I love all kinds of music, you know. That, that's yeah. so good. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for you, Zane, being here today. You're, you're so wise and for being so young, and I just think you have such a great head on your shoulders. You're definitely going to go far. Thank you, Zane. No doubt. I appreciate you. Well, we'll hopefully see some big things coming from you soon. And now it's time for Game Time with Grammy, the part of the show where Grammy comes out and plays a little game. Hello, dears. It's Grammy here, all the way from Anderson, Indiana, to play a game with our lovely guest. Hello, Jordan. Thanks for being here today. No problem, Grammy. With Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, I just thought we could have a moment of gratitude before we get started. Is that okay, dear? Yeah, of course. So, Jordan, dear, what are you thankful for? Gosh, um, thankful for being alive, for my friends, my family, for all the love that exists everywhere. Um, thankful for people in general and how amazing they are all the time. That's so beautiful, dear. What a great answer. Well, I am just so grateful for my wonderful granddaughter, Shaney. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's just a doll, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where she went, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. She just, she just randomly disappeared. Well, anyways, just don't tell her I told you this, but I wanted to, to share a little secret about, about Shaney. Okay. So ever since she was a little girl, I have always called her by a nickname. Okay. That nickname is Angel Pie. Isn't that so oh, sweet? That is very cute. 
cute. The Swedish nickname yeah. ever. Yes, yeah, she'll be sure, Marish. If she ever knew I shared this information with the whole world, dear, uh-huh. so just just please don't mention that I, I told you, all right? Yeah, I won't. Okay, definitely. okay. Thank you so much, dear. But yes, my it. little angel pie. I'm so proud of her. Oh, Thanksgiving really is one of my favorite holidays. <laughs> I get to spend all day cooking for my family, yeah. and then yeah. I get to watch them do all the dishes afterwards. It's, yeah. just, it's just really the best, it's dear. Yes. Okay, well, I guess we should get started playing the game, don't you think? Yes, let's do it. Yes, so Jordan, dear, you have brought your guitar for the game today. And we have developed a little game we like to call Musical Roulette. Oh, God. So this is how the game works, dear. I have a little Santa hat here. You see, Santa, Mm -hmm. in honor of, uh, you know, Christmas time coming up. My granddaughter already has her Christmas tree up. How sad is that? But yes, so she has placed different words inside of the hat. Random words, some of them are phrases, some of them are adjectives, we, we don't know, but I will pull a word out of the hat and you will have to create a little song, a little jingle with that word. Yeah. Yeah, on gosh. on the spot, dear. Don't yeah. don't take a lot of time to think. Yeah, just just go with your gut, okay? It's gonna be a lot of really dumb stuff probably. And it'll be know. it'll be just fine. I believe in you. <laughs> Alright, dear, are you ready for the first word? <laughs> yes, okay, okay, here it is. I'm so excited. Dish soap. Okay. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, that should be in like a Dove commercial or something. You, yeah. it, 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 don't eat it, dear. Really, please don't. Actually. Next word or uh, toenail. Toenails on the other hand are really good for you. You should eat them a lot, baby. Full of protein. Good, good. Um, next word is oh god, this is just one of my granddaughter's favorite words. She's gonna hate me for this. Moist. Oh yes, key change. Yes. Does a cop out maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, dear. I think that's all it needs to be said. I mean, moist yeah. speaks for itself, yeah. does it not? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, guess moist. Yeah. Moving on, let's get a better word here. Banana peel. Don't worry, baby. You'll have time to heal. Watch your feet don't slip on that banana peel. Oh, good song and good advice, dear. Yes, wow, you're just brilliant, aren't thank you? you? Thank wow. Yeah, that's all very. I, I like yeah. it. These are these are jams. These are Grammy <laughs> jams. Okay, next word, dear. Turtle neck. Summertime, 
so hot. And the turtleneck. There you go. Turtleneck? Why is it called a turtleneck? I don't know. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Maybe it's because you can, like, retract your head if you wanted to. Like, yes. pull it up over your head like a turtle does into a shell. Yes. I'm just spitballing Sometimes, but now I feel most of the ladies out there, their turtlenecks, they're not that long. They're, they're more like half yep. necks, half turtlenecks. Yeah. yeah, very scandalous, those women out there. All right, moving on. Next word. Let's see what we got in the Santa hat. Ooh. Vegan. That's very LA, I hear. Vegans are just people. We shouldn't shame them for the choices that they make. I could never do it though. Shouts out to vegans, yeah. Vegans, yeah. Um, is it a, a religion? Is who, no. No. Um, vegans are people that choose not to eat animal products. So oh. vegetarians, they don't eat meat, right? Right. So vegans don't eat anything that comes from animals. So even like eggs, right. um, cheese, milk, uh, that kind of thing. They just don't partake in that. Which again, is totally fine if that's what you're into. Yes, yeah, I, I, I don't get it, but but yes, I, I'm trying to become more involved. My granddaughter says I need to be a little less judgmental mm -hmm. and understanding with the millennials <laughs> these days. But it's, yeah. Anyways, moving on to the next okay. word. Oh, speaking of non-vegan things, grilled cheese, my fave. Baby, put some cheese on that grill. Oh wait, hey, no, 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 just, not, just the cheese, you put, you need to put it in bread first, and then that's when you, never mind. That's a sad one too, dear. Yeah, that, that one came from the soul, that, one, that one's actually from a personal experience. Yeah. Well, well, didn't I hear that you put a, a frozen stick of sausage in a pan as well, dear, though? So you're not the best cook out yeah, there. Yeah, I would never do Yes, no, no. Oh, is that, oh, is that all the words? I think it's it. Oh, no, there's one more. One more? Yes. Uh, let's get into All it. All right, but I'm actually going to add words, and you you will have to... Please hold. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you three words, and you have to combine all of the words into <laughs> one song. Okay. And try to make it a good one, dear, because it is the last one. We don't yeah, want to leave yeah. our audience without a good yeah. goodbye song. Yeah, no, so, no, the first <laughs> word is crusty. Crusty, okay. Okay, and let's also add in crevice, mm -hmm. crusty crevice, and crouton. <laughs> Jeez, crusty you're, crevice you're and crouton, really, dear. You're really just making it a breeze, Grammy. Okay, crusty crevice and crouton. Yes. Oh fuck. Um. I just saw it. No, I just saw you take a bite of my croutons. No, no, no. Take your crusty ass hands off my croutons. I swear to God, if you eat another one, I'm going to kill you and throw you into the crevice. 
from Sweetser. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> Anyways, no, stop! Don't even know your name, Crouton. Uh, no, but no, dear, that was brilliant. I mm. mean, those were very bizarre words to yeah. put together in a song, but you did it. You were a talented young boy, Thank you, Jordan. Yaka something. Yeah. Yucca. You can just say spaghetti. It's like spaghetti. the same thing. Yeah. Jordan Spaghetti. Yeah. Wow, that's an even better name, I feel. Well, Jordan, dear, it has been a pleasure singing with you. Oh, thank you. You're nowhere near my capabilities of singing as I was a trained opera singer. Well, no, one can, no one can measure up to you, Brandon. Oh, no, 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 dear. But I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving, all of oh. you out there. Yes, and you please too. keep an eye out for, for Jordan's upcoming projects. Oh, you got it. Yes. Peace out. That's what they're saying these days, right? I think so, yeah. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.